Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes in the Mize. My name is John, and that's Ian. What's up? Today is July 12th, and we're here for episode 64, Rivals Duel. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Magic Online deckless publication change. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that I'm sad I didn't think of a Nintendo 64 joke? Darn it. I know, so right? So close. Ah, um, the first fighting thing that came to mind was the silly Abominable Snowman game that was like Abominable Snowman fight 63 and a half or something. I lived in a video game store. Like, my dad owns a video game store, so I saw a lot of weird video games. Well, I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in any case, uh, we're having fun here. So, first up, before we, before Ian and I have a little bit of a scrap. It's a battle. Uh, it's a battle. First up, Eyes in the Community. Uh, Our Devastation comes out this week. Yay, in everybody. Paper. In paper. <laughs> yeah, in paper. It's already on a Magic Online. I have done two drafts and have gotten uh, slammed. Insert Space Jam joke here. That's right. We're Pretty 90s. Much. We're 90s jokes tonight, boys. Woo! And girls. Hey, I was born in the 90s, so I wasn't. <laughs> I know you weren't. That is that is not a secret to anyone. Um, I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, I pack with pick one. Our devastation. That was fun. That's a good card. You know what? Our our devastation can't kill. What? Double scaled behemoth. Barf. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, so so speaking of that though, like our devastation was like a two dollar card. It's like now seven dollars. I am not surprised at all. No, Cards absurd. It's ridiculous removal, and I love it. Also, Gabe Nassif said it might be ban- it might be band worthy, and, and every, the collective magic community is just kind of like, come on, man. It's like, dude, come <laughs> on. It's like the only things that have been banned are threats, not yeah, removal. Yeah, like the the, the at this discussion was like, it's a five mana removal spell. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a board wipe, but it's a five mana removal spell that only deals five damage. It's not unconditional destruction. It doesn't. That said, it doesn't kill Torrential Gear Hulk. It doesn't. That said, I did like the uh, point in one of the M files that I think that Melissa was doing, where apparently, or no, it might have been Mark, where Mark Rosewater said um, that apparently it used to be four mana deal four at instant speed, and apparently that was too good with Torrential Gear Hulk. Um, shocked, yeah. I say. That sounds amazing. Shocked. Give it to me now. <laughs> but this past weekend, since our Station is coming out this week, was the pre-release. And I judged a lot of it. How many did you do? Like six? Six. Ugh. Yeah, so there was not much sleep for John that weekend. Like, uh, that I, said, I did get... I've done like five or six and like actually played in a pre-release. Like I can imagine judging being somewhat of a pain in the butt just like that. Well, luckily, uh, our events were pretty small. Our biggest event was like around thirty people. That's not bad. So, it like at a bigger store, I could see that being a bigger problem. That said, at a bigger store, they probably have several judges that they can call on. Yeah. Um, oh, you solo judged also, it. Yeah. Also, um, I got to play in a play in a few because I had one friend who didn't show up for two at a giant, so I took his place. And I had, and there was another event where we had an odd number of people, and I just jumped in for one round because one person was going to play and drop. And so we had we would have an even number, and that pool was miserable. Uh, ouch! The rare was leave to chance. You know what else I opened? What? Another leave to chance. Dude, that was just like in my uh, two-headed giant pool. I op- I, my my <laughs> promo was a Frank Sanity, and I opened a Frank Sanity. So mill them. Um, I only had one card that actually milled. Mill them. I'm just joking. It was the Obviously. it was the uh the desert, the blue desert. Yeah, Ebony Rivulet. I really want to draft around that card and see if it's good. But anyways. 
You played in pre-releases. Yeah. Aside from me just sitting around and judging them. I went two and two on my solo pre-release with green, white, splashing, blue, black. My pool was kind of crummy. So I opened the Scorpion God and uh, the Scarab God and Temet and then three green rares. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, also yep. my, my, mm-hmm. uh, my promo for that one was the, uh, the, car- uh, the sarcophagus thing. Where you can play oh, the abandoned the- sarcophagus? Yeah. Oh, that card's so silly. I didn't have enough so cycling silly. to really make it work, so I didn't play it. But Smart. No, um, I was green-white splashing blue for Temet and black for the Scarab God because, could. sure. Yep. Yeah, my deck was probably get a little worse that. than it could have been, but at the same time, I the, the two games, the two rounds that I lost were because my opponent got a bunch of flyers and my pool had, like, no way to deal with flyers. Outside yep. of outside of that, uh, the one in a green gives plus three plus three reach until end of turn. Yeah, that's a classic problem in sealed. Not yeah. being able to kill flyers. All right, so my opponent, one of the games, had um, Dauntless Haven. That card's a, that card's a, actually decent, like pretty mm-hmm. darn good. Um, so they had Dauntless Haven, and they had I don't remember the name of it. It's the white creature that you tap to exert and tap and exert, and you create a one one warrior token. It's steward of the something or other. Yeah, so they had that. They also had anointer priest. Ew. They also had even wind guide. Ew. I hear you like going, okay, swing with my 2-1 dauntless haven, untap my steward. On your end step, tap my steward, exert it, create a guy, gain a life, pass a turn. Oh, by the way, now it's a flying vigilant attacker. Ooh. By the way, steward of solidarity. Yeah, I lasted like three turns and I was just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I played the two at a giant pre-release, I was playing blue-white, splashing black for the Scarab God with Avon Wind Guide, and that seemed really good. Yeah, the, the Scarab God is pretty good, and when I got him rolling one t- one game, that was a house. I, I stole the um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. The one four with afflict four. That when you oh, the Wildfire Eternal. Yeah, the Wildfire Eternal. My opponent had two of them: a pack foil and a regular one, and I was like. Ugh. Take this one out of your graveyard. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, but no, um, so that went two and two. Uh, like I said, the ones the, uh, the games where I didn't face flyers, stomped them. Just straight up rolled them. Uh, the flyers, though, housed me. Uh, went three and one in two at a giant with Lindsay on Sunday. Um, our, fir- our only loss came in round one against um, a father-son pairing, the son being eight years old. Oh. It was a classic case for... It gets me into it a giant of when Lindsay and I lose into it a giant, we usually get out to a fast start and then just start drawing all lands. So we were at 33 life and they were at nine and they won the game with that nine life and we died. Fair enough. Yeah. They just were able to build a large wider board than we did and just had a bunch of afflict. Let me tell you, afflict is a, is a mechanic. It is. It's really interesting. It's good. But no, the rest of the games, we just, abs and that game took like 40 minutes to play and then the remaining three games we played probably took about that long combined yep we we just absolutely demolished our remaining three opponents um yeah. Lindsay was on white black zombies and i was on grixis but it was mostly blue red splashing nickel bolus which i would 100 percent support yeah, I sent John a pick. He's like, yeah, maybe one change and like get that hieroglyphic elimination there. But I didn't really make the change. I was just like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. 
you listen to my advice and then you throw it out the window. No, I just couldn't make no, the, no. I just couldn't make the last cut. Like yeah. the deck was tight. You saw the list. I'll put it on like it's on Twitter. Yeah. It was a good list. Yeah. I had I Also had it's a pre release. I don't get super picky at pre releases. Oh yeah. When no. people say, Hey, here's my seal deck, what do you think? I go, Does it have fifteen to eighteen creatures? Does it have seven to eight spells? That's as picky as I get. Yeah. Oh, the um the two um the pikers that deal damage. Every time you cast a non-creature spell to each opponent, yeah. it's straight up bomb. Yeah, Firebrand Archers is really good. I had three in my pool, and I only played two of them. Yeah. Uh, also great Intuitive Giant, uh, the Scarab God. Uh, drain drain 2x life for your zombies. I it's wish, really good. I wish I had that. Man, yep. That'd be good. Anyway, Pre-Loose is fun. Sealed seems pretty interesting if you get it okay pool. Otherwise, it seems yep. like it'd be just miserable. Well, there is a, there. We actually have a PPTQ at my local game store this weekend, uh, which is sealed. Which is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Fair enough. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. it goes well. Anyways, main topic time. Uh, Rivals duel is three and a red for a sorcery from Morning Tide. It says choose two creature type two creatures that don't share no creature types. They fight each other. And episode. So moving on. <laughs> and there's the title. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Just in case no one got the joke. But for series now, uh, on when was this? This was Monday. Uh, they had there was an article posted on the mothership titled "Magic Online Posted Decklist Changes," and we kind of summarized it in our in our show notes. But here is essentially the first paragraph, which is the majority of the, which is basically just what the changes. Over the history of Magic Online, we have published a steady stream of deck lists for players to explore and learn from, but the way we do has changed over time. Our current method for presenting deck lists for Magic Online leagues is to randomly select 10 of the top performing deck lists per format per day. Starting July 10th, which was two days ago, we will be reducing the total number of top deck lists being presented per day from 10 to 5, and each of these deck lists will be randomly selected with the caveat that each list will be at least 10 cards different from every other list. Yeah. I was not so, a fan of this. So that's the side I'm on. <laughs> and I am, you know, I think that this change will end up being a net positive. But that's what we're here to do. And we discuss. are here to fight. Well, discuss. But yes. Yeah. Then there is going to be the baseline that I don't think Ian and I are going to lose our friendship over this. But if it gets to that point, we'll just stop. And uh, episode will end abruptly. We'll collaborate and then we'll listen to each other apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, again, 90s jokes. I don't know. I know. Why. I know. You know what? You know what I, don't, I, know, I know what it is. I've been listening to just literally 90s pop rock uh, station on Spotify the last week. It's got to mm. be what it is. Very well. Very well. So, uh, there is a bunch of paragraphs on there, but uh, I'm not going to read those out. Uh, we have a link to the announcement in the description, so you can read those. But we will start with Ian's take on why this change is not good. Well, I mean, I'm just going to make one or two points. I think we can just talk back and forth on this one, um, bring up some additional points and such discussion-wise. So, my main thing with the 10 different cards from other lists is... How hard and solid is this 10-card difference rule? Like, say a deck has a couple cyborg cards or a spicy main board fun of, that we, you know, they call them like the one or two ofs, you know, the fun ofs that might actually make, be a really cool little addition that people hadn't thought of. But if it's got seven cards that are different 
and those two or three little spicy cyborg cards, we might never see that unless they're like, unless they actually go and deviate from what's the baseline lists. Um, I love seeing those little spice things that people add. It's a little flavor. It might be some medic hall or just like a pet card they have. And I like seeing those. They occasionally pop up. They don't pop up super much, but I like seeing that stuff. I'm just worried we won't get to see that kind of thing. As, as just like my baseline first argument. I know weakest argument first is the absolute wrong way to do it, but whatever. I'm, I'm, this is how you debate. No. <laughs> that was the 2000s reference. Old school. That was. That is true. But so what do you think about that kind of thing? Like what do you think about the 10 card rule? I think that ultimately that the 10 card rule is um, basically there to ensure that it's not just five team or energy decks. And I do agree with the idea that, yeah, you do lose out on the potential for, hey, you know, this person had a specific sideboard card that was, you know, so much, you know, different than what we expected. You know, someone playing like the one of, um, I don't know, I'm not sure, like the one of Sinks of the Final Word or something like that. Um, yeah, like something, but, we, something we played and stuff like that. I, I didn't yeah. see a whole lot of other people playing it, but I felt like in the control mirrors, I mean, it started showing up eventually after a while, but it was one of those, like, in the control mirrors, it just felt great. Yeah. You're never going to play main board. You're only going to play one of them in the sideboard, and if you're playing blue-red energy or, you know, blue-red control, you might never see that. Yeah. And, you know, there's there are, there are, I think that number either needs to be bigger or smaller, and I'm not sure. I think 10's the right number because it's a small portion of your deck list right and unless your deck is full of four ofs you know you're not going to have a big difference i guess and i the other thing that i want to figure out with this 10 card difference is if we're playing the same mana base like are you talking about 10 cards of the same name or like a 10 digit card difference yeah like if that's kind of what i'm concerned about too because like i know when i've built some of my decks like yeah i've looked at i've looked at online lists i look at their mana bases i see like Okay, this person likes playing three of these ETB tap lands. This person only like playing two, but they like playing four fast lands. What's the difference? Like, why do you like playing, you know, say three wandering fumarole versus four wandering fumarole over three? Uh, oh man, not sparring bandage. Canal. Yeah, the canal. Spiral of canal yeah. versus four. It's like those kind of things. We might might be the subtle changes or tweaks that you know. Okay, so that's a possibility I can look at doing. Like I guess if it's ten card names, I would probably want to see that number reduced. Um, if it's a ten digit card difference, um, then I think that that's probably correct. Also, ten is a psychologically psychologically satisfying number. That is true, George Carlin. <laughs> there's a lot of satisfying. I mean, depending on your uh, perception, there's a lot of really satisfyingly uh, pleasant numbers. But yeah, um, like but no, prime numbers yeah. or even numbers. But with this thing, though, like you're saying, like. So what's the difference between, say, red-green energy and teamer energy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they've, I, given Wizards' propensity to change things, I honestly think that this is going to be something where, like, they just set it at 10 and give it, like, three weeks and they'll change it. Yeah. Like, well, Granted, we weren't we... seeing the diversity and, like, differences in decks we wanted to see, so we're going to change the card difference or change how it tweaks and pulls the decks. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, Ian and I did have a chuckle about the fact that the uh, commander decks... Um, since they're all singleton, having a 10-card difference is very easy. So... 
We'll get to that point. Maybe they need bit. a different metric we'll get for that. the Commander League. We'll leagues. get to that in a little bit. Actually, that's actually my next point on my list. What do you know? The whole thing that they seem to be bringing up with this, especially these number changes, is that solving formats. Standard, to be perfectly honest with you, is the only one that they really seem worried about solving. Modern, a little bit so much. Legacy, they could give two craps about. They couldn't really care about Legacy at this point right now in terms of, uh, you know, we're not, we, we saw tournament support. We get like three official GPs a year. There's no PT format for Legacy. There's no PT and that's format not, for well, Modern. There's no PT format for Pauper. There's no PT format for uh, uh, EDH. So, well, let's, let's for a lot of those, there's good reasons why we're not having those. <laughs> well, I agree. One, money, two, bannings, three, you know, it just makes things crazy. Seal draws you wonder. Or, in um, Legacy's case, card availability. Well, yeah, that was the money thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you start getting, like, P- Pro Tour tournaments now, like, yeah, the Underground Sea is going to be $1,000. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not playing a format where one card's 1000 bucks. Oh, wait. Vintage. <laughs> Went there. No, it's all right. Sorry, people love Vintage. Um, no, it's just leave... If, if you're going to start doing this, like, I would say, honestly, they should have this deck thing, the five decks a day for standard, and then stick with the 10 for every other format with the original rules for every other format. I don't know how easily that is for them to code or even, like, pull, but, I mean, just give us, like, I want to, like, what the great part about modern is that you can pick a crazy random deck, learn the ins and outs of it, and have a fighting chance against a large portion of decks. If you're not seeing these crazy little one of, two ofs out there, and you just might, like, depending on how the pull is, like, five is a small number. We need ten. I want ten back for those uh, formats. I mean, you can leave your little weird ten card difference thing, whatever, for modern if you want to. Like, I honestly don't like it, but if you want to go back to ten and have that rule in effect, cool. Just give me, like, some weird crazy decks. Just cutting down to five is just too few a number. I think that's definitely true for the older formats, and this format, this change was, as you kind of mentioned, specifically for standard. And there's not a really good way that I can like combat and like say that that part is wrong, because I think that they are more worried about standard than they are the other formats, for you know various reasons. Like they support modern, obviously they have more modern tournaments than they do than they do you know legacy or anything like that. And it's their premier, it's their premier format. Yeah, and there's no question about it i think if we ask anyone at wizards and say hey what's the number one what's the number one constructed format that you care about and they'll say standard yeah honestly and that's from a business side of thing i mean obviously you're gonna have people who are like i'm an edh player and all that kind of stuff but that's i think even i think even the edh players inside wizards would still say that the number one format that they care about would be standard well right because as far as their job is concerned well yeah that does i said the business side of things yeah personal preference might be different but business side obviously yeah it's just i don't know man like this is just seems like kind of a nerf for like one one particular sin is nerfing everything. It kind of feels like you know you have one kid who steals a cookie from the cookie jar and you punish all the kids. Yeah, it's like no more cookies. Period. Yeah, but that's I mean, like I said, give me ten deck lists for modern legacy pauper EDH, you know, one DH whatever you want to call it, uh, which is the single singleton head to head. Just, just give us the full 10 lists and stuff like that. You can leave the 10 card limit in whatever. I'll concede that. But, like, just give me more deck lists out there. It's kind of cool to see, like, the weird random brews that might pop up as a 5-0 here and there. I mean, that's half of Saffron Olive's content creation, so. Well, yeah. 
And even then, yeah. speaking of five O decks, I want to see some four and one decks. I want to see some decks that just couldn't quite make it because who knows what stuff's out there, you know? I understand that, but I think that they... I get the five O thing. Yeah, that that's... Maybe have a separate list of, hey, here's some cool, like some really off-the-wall four-in-one decks. It might take I think you'd have to have someone whose job it is to basically go through and say, here are all the four-in-one decks that we thought are sweet. Well, it might take But I don't know it might take how... Some... All right, so maybe, so they're pulling... So, so what, the 10-card difference, right? Depending on how they're tracking that, maybe they're able to, you know, look at all the deck lists, compare, contrast, find decks that don't have X number of parameters, like, say, for instance, don't have Death Shadow in it, you know, don't have... Um, some of your major affinity staples or your Jund staples. Find some weird off-the-wall kind of cards. You know, have some yeah. kind of flags checking for that kind of thing. But, yeah, like, that's I know, a... I know one of my uh, friends, Ben, uh, from Lonely Run, he just started getting the modern with, like, green-white little kid. Like, you don't see that deck list anywhere. Like, it was on MTG Goldfish, like, ages ago, and a deck list that was kind of, like, enhanced of it was played at a gp like ton like a while back like last year like, like it had the big resurgence at one of at not pro tour fate reforged yeah pro tour fate reforged yeah where it was like oh yeah we're playing you know wiltleaf liege and yeah, Wilt- locks it on smiters wiltleaf Wilt-Leaf obzon basically yeah yeah so like that kind of thing is cool but you might never see it if it doesn't if like certain people aren't pl- like maybe one or two people are playing it and jamming it to like three and two four and one success and haven't hit that five oh yet yeah like it's a good way for you know to get to expand your user base or your player base out there and like show them hey these are some things you might see that are doing well they're not five owing but they're actually like four and one is not bad like yeah four one's pretty good four one is succeeding like i don't know if you have a way to i mean if you have a way to curate those decks Maybe even just release like a deck, like a four-one weekly list kind of thing like that. Like, hey, yeah. here's a couple decks that we saw over the week that hit four and one that seem like pretty cool archetypes you might not see. Yeah, I'm sure that they they have the c- capability to do so. It's whether or not someone has the time. Like, but since the metal the Metal Gear Colossus decks you were seeing, like, it took a couple of five over results for them to actually kind of pop up on the radar, right? Yeah. Like, if they don't, and you know, some content creators don't champion the deck then that kind of thing might be posting some 5-0 results, but based on only five five decks a day, you might never see it because say that person plays it on Wednesday, doesn't hit the thir- hit, doesn't hit Thursday results, and you know doesn't play it again for another two days, you might never see it. Yeah, that's fair. Give me more options. <laughs> like seriously, that's like like I love I'm I love being spoiled for choice. Like that's my yeah. personal preference. I know John loves a puzzle. I do. I like puzzles. So I mean That's why I play Storm. Oh my god, that's <laughs> no man. I did a vintage cube and oh boy, yeah. It took there's me, a limit it took to me, how how big of a puzzle I want to solve. That's me, one of them. It took me ten minutes to figure out how to storm off, but I got there. <laughs> ten minutes off my clock, but I won. Yeah, yeah. That's it why was, people don't like storm. It was a in cube. It was fun though. Like the chat was helping me out. It was great. Yep. But anyway, like puzzles i know you like them so tell me like from your side of with you know puzzle solving why you're in favor of this like restricted number so there's a difference between puzzle solving and i guess maybe that's the difference between puzzle solving it's why do you want to solve the puzzle i think is the question because if if we think of the of a magic meta game as a puzzle then 
most people are going to think of it as, okay, here is a 300-piece puzzle, and here's how all the pieces put together, and now that I've solved the puzzle, I know what the puzzle is. It's a picture of a hamburger. Um, but I think of metagame puzzles and like solving the metagame not in that person in that way. I instead think of it as more along the lines of a logic puzzle where there's a lot of hidden information. And you may not be given all the information up front, and it's up to you to derive the rest of the information that you need to figure out whether or not deck A is a better choice for this tournament over deck B, right? Yeah. And part of the reason for that is and one of the one of the impetuses for the change is that if you have all the data in front of you and you know that, you know, Team or Marvel is just the best deck. It has the best win percentage against all the other decks in the field. There's one deck that has like a fifty five percent you know metagame share or like a fifty five percent you know win rate against the deck, but you can change the sideboard up for that. Then you're gonna just play Team or Energy. And then suddenly you go up to you go to a tournament and everyone's on Team or Energy. This is also assuming that Magic players will always play the best deck, which is not always the correct assumption because there are people who will, like LSV early early in his career, who will not, will just try to find the best deck that the best deck that actually beats the best deck instead of just playing whatever the best deck is. Yeah, and some people, like for instance, uh, Brad Nelson, are able to unlock that metagame puzzle incredibly well and play up to that kind of advantage. I mean, do you think that in this kind of an environment where say there's less data out there for people to figure out that kind of thing are you helping people who have more time who are able to brew and are able to crunch 40 matches in a week as opposed to hey i'm just wanting to go down to the gp and have fun what kind of decks are out there let me see kind of thing helping out well i think that um that brings into a, a thought that i was having uh the entire time we had, we agreed to have this debate was, you know, if you look at the player psychographics, how do each of them care about the change? Do the Timmies care? Well, maybe if they're a Timmy spike, but I don't know how big of a percentage the, the Timmies are who actually care about winning and instead care about the experience. How much do the Johnnies care? Well, the Johnnies are probably going to play their combo decks, and if they're uninteractive combo decks, then they won't care what the field looks like. And if they're Johnny Spikes, then, you know, it's going to hurt them a little bit, you know, based on, you know, the percentage of meta, like what sideboard cards they're going to want, you know, what matchups do I need to prepare for, you know, what do I need to play around, things like that. And then the Spikes are the player graphic that it hurts the most because the Spikes want to win like that, or they want to prove themselves, usually with Spike wants to win. And it it's a weird thing to try to, you know to figure out, you know, who exactly does it hurt among the spikes. Because let's, I'm, I want to go and say this one thing first off, is that this doesn't hurt the pros. The pros don't care how much data there is. Oh, yeah. They'd obviously like more data, but reducing the amount of data doesn't hurt them in any meaningful way. They're still going to have an advantage over Joe Blow, or I guess Jane Doe, in any sort of tournament that you might have. Ignoring, you know, play experience and, and factors like that. Yeah. They're just going to be better at breaking down metagames and breaking down, you know, I've assembled these eight decks. This deck is the best among these eight, so I'm going to play this deck, and I'm going to prepare for these eight decks and then a few maybe cyborg slots for maybe things that might, you know, go wild on me also, or whatever. Also, something you need to take into thing is they break down individual game board states better than the random player. Yeah. 
So like it so, doesn't matter if they're playing a subpar deck. They they will have a they they'll most likely have a better idea at a line to win than say a random guy or girl picked off the street or in you know the random field. So like yeah. if you're on in a future match area, you sit this person down in this seat, give them a board state, give them a hand, go. Pros are probably going to be able to figure out their way out of that box easier. Yeah, just by sheer and amount of games they've played. So also the pros are like the one percent of the one percent of all Magic players. Oh, of course, but yeah, and that's why like that's why obviously it doesn't really matter for them. But like you can bring up the whole metagame thing, and yeah, it works for them. Like yeah. it it they have an idea like especially pro tour testing. Like yeah, a lot of those decks become inbred because they're trying to fight a small tournament metagame. But at the same time they're getting extensive looks at a lot of cards. Yeah. And, a, and, and now the other thing they, that I want to add on, that I want to, they might not be able to prepare for some stupid random deck that might come out of nowhere and hit them in the face. Like the blue red Eldrazi deck that took uh, down the pro tour Gatewatch. Yeah. And you know, where, where, well, where was I? Um, pros, Got metagame shares. Got them. Um, <laughs> no, I had a point and then I lost it. Um, is it on my little? Is that is it on my cheat sheet? Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Uh, to your point of you know, will you know if someone wants to go look at you know the five O lists or or whatever under the ten game under the ten card you know restriction, which you know I think might be might be too strict depending on how they're iterating on it. The decks that they're going to see are going to be more varied. There might be one team or energy deck that's a five O deck every day. There might be a Grixis control deck that's a 5-0 deck every day. And then, you know, you might have three other decks that might end up being, oh, hey, this person's playing Metal or Colossus, or this person is playing Absent Tokens, or this person is playing whatever. And so the variety of decks that they're going to publish, just by the sheer nature of the 10-card difference, for standard specifically, is going to be more varied than it would be under the 10-deck 10, 10 restriction where they just randomly pull 10 of the 5-0 decks each day. Yeah, and you know what? I will concede that point because... I have in front of me the MTG Goldfish metagame breakdown where it's pulled competitive standard leagues for the 12th, 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th, and so on. And you look at a couple of these days, like, oh, there's 10 different lists. And, like, some of them are organized where it shows, like, three blue-white monument decks next to each other. But that same day, this is the 9th, by the way, the very last day of the 10 deck lists of that day. Two of 10 were Team Energy. Three of 10 were Green-Black Energy. Three... Of ten were blue white monument, one Mardu vehicles, and a not white deck. I don't know, just as list as Uberg. But yeah, so you got like oh, and there's yes, yeah, so you got like five different archetypes right there. Cool. Maybe put that card restriction in there and see what happens when you have ten decks out there. I mean, granted, what what's also happened with this though is like it's kind of skewed the like they have metagame percentage numbers on mtg goldfish like right now team energy sitting at 20 percent zombies is 13 blue white monuments 13 green black energy is 13 martyr vehicles 11 and then it goes three two 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 well their data is going to have their data is since they pull from those lists their data is going to get heavily skewed also we need to also kind of caveat the stand talking about standard metagame in its current state right now on today the 12th just because it's a literal brand new format in three days that is true. There, the the hour decision cards do become legal then, and that metagame will be wildly different. I imagine. Right. We'll see. But in three days, that also means we're going to have some SUG tournaments because they always yep. do them the first week. Those kind of tournaments are going to become huge 
in terms of like the they, they, they I know SCG does a great job in posting just a large mass number of deck lists. They'll do deck techs on some crazy cool decks they find around the room. Those kind of tournament results and like MCG top eight and those kind of sites are really going to become a lot more leaned upon than stuff like MCG Goldfish used to be. Like yeah. the because because I know for a fact that MCG top eight pulls from a lot more different tournaments. They have a lot smaller we're off the off the map kind of tournaments that they pull from as opposed to the data set that mcg goldfish pulled also yeah. goldfish has done a great job in showing like scraping all this data and posting it like heck even back in 2015 they were able to use bots to scrape back when they could scrape all the uh the replays that and that used to get like you'd be able to, to go through on magic online and they were actually be able to tell you the deck archetype win percentages against each other and like magic told them to stop and they changed yeah wizard wizard (laughs) yeah yeah wizards didn't like that well yeah because when like you look at a deck archetype like i'd pull up the infect window and see that it had a 40 percent match against jund or a 30 percent match against obzon or something like that or it had a 60 to 70 percent chance against tron it's like okay these are the deck archetypes i'm facing against which ones do i need to worry about which ones don't i it took a lot of the user onus off but at the same time for people like me Back in the day, I would have been like, no, I want to solve this. But more and more lately, I don't have the time. I mean, I want to be competitive, but at the same time, I don't have the time to put the reps in that I used to to be as competitive as I want to be. So that kind of extra information for me, honestly, was kind of nice and helped a little bit. At least back then when I was kind of deciding, still getting fully settled in on deck type choices. But it's, you know, a little bit one way or the other. I honestly like the way that mcg goldfish presents their data um as opposed to mcg top the other sites yeah, yeah which are a little more bare bones and a little harder to dig through and some of the archetype listings are really weird like i've seen delver decks listed there that don't have delver in them but it's like because they basically go on like a meta archetype as opposed to like actually digging a little bit deeper in the deck list that's it, it you can flag them or whatever but i don't have time to go through all that stuff it's just no I don't know. It's just a weird kind of spot. Like I, I would concede one direction or the other with some of these things. I honestly just don't think that the change that they've made is the best change. Like they're, they definitely could have tweaked it or put out like a better kind of change or difference. Um, like I said, if you're going to do the 10 card list, give me 10 decks instead of five. Like yeah. if you're gonna like just blow it up, show me the whole, fr- show me like all these crazy decks. I want to see decks. I love seeing these different decks. I love dissecting, like seeing what other people have figured out. Because I don't have time to burn anymore. Yeah. Case in point, people like Frank, like I'm friends with Frank Report on Facebook and stuff like that. Like he made a Facebook post the other day about he streams with these kind of he'll he'll go to these deck lists, find like a crazy weird off the wall deck list that might have put up one five zero, and he'll like go stream it or make a YouTube video or make some content about it. He's gonna have a limited you might have a, a more narrow focus of like, hey, instead of like three white blue monument decks, you're only going to see one of them in your daily results. But give the card requirement, give us more decks, help these content creators out. And that'd be kind of cool. Like, I love seeing that kind of thing. People are going to have to like, you know, lean on these other sources now. It's, I mean, it's great traffic for them. It's, I just. Yeah. It, it just By the way, what are the top, what are the five standard decks for today? Just. On a flyer. On the five standard decks today, Mardu Vehicles, Teamer Pummeler, Mono White, uh, Grixis? No. Yeah, Grixis and a red deck. Oh, it's okay. Mono Red Eldrazi. 
Yeah. And I'm guessing the mono white deck is a monument deck. But anyways. Oh, wait. What? Oh, right. Uh, no, online decks do have Hour of Devastation cards. This is a weird deck. That blue-red, that Grixis deck, it's like all double pipped things. It's it's black-red, but it has one new gotcha. bullet in the sideboard. Therefore, it's blue-red-black. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Weird. Yeah, that's right, because it's out on... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that would make sense. But anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> I mean, today's, the point a, is, today's a great example of, hey, you got five decks, and three of them are really weird. Yep. You probably won't see otherwise. I mean, the Moderato Drysdale deck has been on the rise lately, so well, that doesn't surprise me. Okay, so but that's beside the point. <laughs> yesterday, though, was Pummeler, Monument, Vehicles, Zombies, and Green-Black Energy. So a very generic posting, I guess you could say. But it does represent five different archetypes. Right. And for it what it's worth. Yeah, and yeah. a couple of the other days where I'm seeing, like, oh, you got three of these, two of these, three of these, two of these. Like, you were getting five archetypes. You were just seeing three yeah. variants on a particular archetype. Maybe they might have one or two different cards. That's the kind of yeah. thing that I was liking. Like, yeah, you'll see a bunch of these same decks, but, like, they might have a couple card difference that you might not see with this 10-card limit, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that's, that, that kind of neat, uh, neatly, as I stumble over my tongue, uh, ties up a lot of, or some of the big, uh, the the major complaints that have been happened, that have been leveled at this. Plus, dude, uh, dude, it had the ratio. The tweet had the ratio. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, the ratio in, in capital T, capital R, the ratio, is a is a joke on Twitter these days where if a tweet is, if you done goofed, you usually will have a few likes here and there, a few retweets, but like an overwhelming majority of people are just replying to the tweet. The ratio as it stands right now, when I'm rec- as of recording at 9, 10 p.m. Pacific, 151 comments 21 retweets 23 likes <laughs> there were a, i mean granted a lot of those replies are also magic online replying to other people but there's a lot of people who don't like this there's a lot of people posting but then again it is magic players we do have a propensity to complain yeah we have we we are very fond of that it's our one of our favorite pastimes besides actually playing magic it's true <laughs> why why play magic when we can't complain about magic yeah, um, mainly people were like, some of the major complaints that I saw were people were like, oh, the community has been clamoring for more clarity on deck lists, and this just is restricting information. Yeah, it can be viewed as that, but I mean, they have kind of a reason. Yeah. Yeah, the reasoning is basically that metagames are getting solved too fast because we are in the information age, and too much data leads to solve metagames, and they don't want metagames to get solved. Honestly, I just hope it doesn't, like, I hope we don't slide, like, I just really wary and hopeful that this is as far as it goes yeah no data is worse than some data because we because like i said i brought up that archetype thing because that was 2015 like late 2015 so we're about a year and a half a little over that removed from when you could just go and see your deck archetype percent win percentages against other archetypes i don't want to see yeah. a slide to the point where it's like you have to just dig through i don't even know where to get deck lists i mean to be fair the site the mothership isn't as intuitive as some people would like it to be in terms of finding lists as it is so yeah. having to dig for more data in weird places that's why these aggregate sites are so popular it's because no one yeah. wants to go dig through these deck list sites constantly and like click around 15 different links like okay bam there's my nice easily presented list yeah but that's it i i feel like i under i understand why they made the change i just don't agree with it and you know what we're allowed to disagree 
We are allowed to disagree. Um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you didn't bring up the the point that a lot of people brought up with like I have a bunch of tabs open with Mark Rosewater's blogatog, and uh, one asker um, used um, the following example for why this is a bad idea. Um, basically, their argument is sure there might always be a deck that's two percent better than others, but you're not helping by pushing cards to be tournament viable while leaving eighty percent of each set in the draft chaff box, greatly limiting variety and complexity. Um, not all cards can be playable. Um, no, I, and that's, that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't go there is because I actually, I, I do understand, like you can't make 50% of your sets standard viable because it, it doesn't even work that way for like, as an example, in our devastation, we have a braid and open fire, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A braid is one of the red instant deal three to a creature or destroy an artifact. Well, while open fire is one in a red, uh, deal three to target creature or player. It's two in a red. We have to pay, two in a red, sorry. To pay three mana for uh, lightning bolt these days, my friend. That is correct. Now let's let's instead put make open fire lightning strike. Let's just well let's just say that we'll change it from light from open fire to lightning strike. I would. If you're building okay. if you're building a red deck, do you play a braid or a lightning strike? Four four lightning strike in the main. A braid, a two braid in the sideboard, depending on whether or not uh, our, uh, artifacts are huge. In the middle. okay, let's make lightning strike, lightning bolt. Which which one do you play? There's a reason why we don't have a lightning bolt reprint in standard. <laughs> there is an there is a 100 reason we don't have lightning bolt in standard. I would love to see lightning bolt again, or even lightning strike. I get it. It helped. Yeah. It helped power those red green uh, aggro Atarka decks to the top back in the day. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like the fact that the, the the main that was one of the main complaints. I know we're kind of straying a little bit here, but like one of the main complaints that people had for a while is like mono red, cheapy mono red burn is not a viable deck. Therefore, your standard stinks. Like, which is that's quite the conclusion to come to. Some people um, did. Some people made those mental gymnastics. I I do th- I do not. think standards better with a mono red deck, but that's neither here nor there. I agree, and we said there's a mono red deck that went five zero. Yeah. Mono red Eldrazi, like they're getting their yeah. last kicks in. To be fair, that's not traditional mono red because that's explaining thought not seers <laughs> and reality smashers. And dude, it's still good. It is still good. It's mono uh, red smashy bashy. Yeah, but that deck is not exactly cheap. No, I think what most people are thinking there is the the budget Foundry burn. Street Denizen budget burn. Yeah, budget burn. But like it, it and like as we went through that example, like lightning strike made a braid almost unplayable. And Lightning Bolt definitely makes a Braid unplayable. Lightning Bolt makes a lot of cards unplayable. Yeah. Lightning, Lightning Bolt single-handedly would warp your format to any creature that's three toughness. Automatically is like, dies to Bolt, dies to Bolt, dies Like, to bolt, look at Fatal Push bolt. right now in Standard. There's a lot of cards that die to Fatal Push, and Fatal Push is probably the premier removal spell in Standard right now. Hell, there was a combination of Fatal Push being printed and Gitaxi Pope being banned that literally knocked my modern deck out of the format. Yeah. It's kind of silly, like how powerful certain effects can be, and how like you add powerful cards, and then suddenly fatal push p- cards that were powerful are no longer as powerful. Yeah, fatal push, to mind the absolute horrible pun joke, is a absolutely pushed card. Yeah, you and the thing cards, is, but you can't just. And there's, I'm ha- so happy it's an uncommon. It yeah. could have been a rare with that power. Mm. I mean, it'd have been a bad rare in terms. It would have been a really bad rare, right? But. Great uncommon, bad rare, just like god mythic common. Yeah, that would just 
Oh god, I can't even think about that in Popper. They don't. They don't make. They don't make. No, no. They don't make lightning bolt or they don't make Doom Blade common anymore. Ooh. Anyways. Yeah. No. It's just. But like, we would see all these warps and stuff like that. Like those kind of cards, you can't push a format. You know, you're gonna see all this warping going on. Like they have yeah. to. I mean, you have your lava axes. They're not great. Some people no. still play them in limited. They'll never see the light of day in standard. Nope. You got to have some cards for limited. You got to have some cards for standard. Like and hopefully. And then and that's not, that's understand. ignoring that there also has to be commander cards. Right. They have yeah. to be casual cards. That the, the the whole joke is yep. EDH card. EDH card. When you see there that. has you have to have for every single you know a braid you have to have a crusted you have to have a crested sunmare. And for every crested sunmare, you have to have a life goes on. And you also have to have a Samut. Yep. Planes like you have. Yeah. You you have to have you have to have push cards. You have to have cards that are bad. You have to have cards that hit people at di- on different angles. Because remember, you mentioned you even mentioned the three different types of player archetypes, which you know the macro archetypes, which you know break down further, but. Have to and for what it's worth, I was ignoring Mel and Vorthos because they those aren't focused on gameplay. Yeah, but we get like hopefully the readers yeah, yeah. or the listeners, not readers. Wow, listeners understand we're getting to that point with it. But no, like overall, like I just my main worry, and like I already said, is just that I hope we don't go to no information. Yeah, like it's it. I don't want them to get so gun shy on this that they're like oh well we can't post this information anymore it's like come on man like it is the information age i get it you don't want your format solved but at the same time like throw us a bone so, yeah in, in so my kind of conclusion from my side of this would be either keep this 10 different card list give us more or and expand so leave the five deck diversity or whatever it is in standard give me like in formats like modern legacy pauper where you're gonna have a wider metagame anyway give me more decks in those kind of formats or have a supplementary like hey here's the kooky decks of the week kind of thing like that like hey here's some cool decks that might have hit 4-1 or might be a 5-0 deck that we didn't you know list in our 5-0 decks for the week but hey it's something you don't see every day give us those weird off the wall decks the data's there we just don't ever see it yeah and my, my kind of closing thing is that players are unhappy when a metagame gets solved too quickly and you get stuff like mono black devotion and Sphinx's revelation, and you and players hate it when there's the boogeyman of the format and it's the best deck and everyone plays it. Collected company team or rally four color rally. And if you want all the data, that's going to happen a lot faster. You, like I would say the metagame gets solved probably in about um, about uh, six weeks. I think that the metagame gets pretty solved around six weeks. That said. If you want open data, it's getting solved by the Pro Tour. It's getting solved, like, before the Pro Tour starts. Yeah, like, decks that are good, bad, whatever. Yeah. And you don't want open data. Because eventually everyone's just going to be playing the best deck. And if every match is a mirror match, that's Callblade. And what happened then? Tournament attendance dropped a lot. Yeah. Game only. Which is... Game, I, we weren't around at the time, but, like, all the stories are the game was dying. Like... Yeah. at that time and that's in Callblade I, well, we never, well I've never played Callblade with or against it I have to imagine that being frustrated at a turn 4 Ulamog that's a card power level problem being frustrated by a turn 4 Ulamog you know 10 out of 15 rounds of a Grand Prix that is a standard diversity problem and data makes both of those worse yeah very true 
in any case, that's going to do it for us. Short one on this on uh, this week, apparently. Yeah. But that's fine. Good. It's all good. They it's all, all good. They don't, but... have, they don't all have to be our. That's true. So, if you want to find us on these social medias, you could do so. Ian, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Um, I won't be around next week. I'm going to Canada for some vaca- for some much-needed vacation time. Um, but I will... I'm going to be trying to stream later this week and a lot more over the next upcoming weeks and for at least the next month and a half coming up. I uh, definitely want to play more PUBG, get a bunch of drafts in. I know I say I want to draft, but like I'm actually I'm trying to make the push for at least uh, Twitch affiliate. I'd like to get that. So I'm going to try and make the push for that. So I would make a not you joke, but I'm not going to... Do like, it. Do it. Like, like whatever you want to like. There's too many people playing PUBG that aren't me. Not that I like those style of games, anyways. <laughs> no, imagine the old man. I'm, I'm always <laughs> no. I, I get it. No, it, I I've always been Magic first, and like every other game second. And I kind of like being somewhat a diverse stream. Like you can't just. I know some people jam the whole thing all the way, but yeah, we'll figure it out. But anyway, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwally129, and you can find me on Twitch by the same handle. Uh, if you see me in a chat, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or you can send us a more personal question by email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com because we'd love to hear your feedback and how we can best improve the podcast for you, our listeners. And this weekend, with being our devastation release, I will either be judging a PPTQ or playing in it. We'll see which one, depending on how many people show up. Yeah. In any case draft in any case that does it for us thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to y'all next time